Welcome to Numbers, News, and Nonsense, a sports podcast. Welcome to the 18th episode of Numbers, News, and Nonsense. We are your hosts, Brian. And Ryan. And for those of you returning, welcome back. And we are almost a week removed from the Super Bowl. So that's what we're going to talk about uh, to start off the podcast. Uh, it was pretty great Super Bowl, uh, pretty good game. I mean, the Rams won by three points, came down to the very last minute of the game. Uh, the only thing I could complain about is really the refs. Uh, there were some, like, missed calls, specifically uh, a Bengals touchdown where there was a face mask. Uh, we'll get into that. And really, it was just bad officiating both ways, uh, people complaining about the refs all game. And, yeah, I mean, I was happy that the Rams won, and we got to see Aaron Donald get a ring, but he said he wasn't going to retire yet, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, But what were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Yeah, I thought it was closer than I thought originally because I thought Rams had this in the bag. And turns out they didn't right away. And then Cooper Cup comes in, and he's just popping off once again. Well-deserved of the Super Bowl MVP this year. He didn't have that many yards, but you the only other person you could have put him up against was Stafford, and Stafford threw two interceptions and wasn't on his A game once again. But besides that, the refs were just awful, awful against both sides. Like you said, that T. Higgins touchdown – where he had the offensive pass interference on the face mask. He, no call. That gave him a touchdown. I didn't believe that the the Bengals could have went all the way down the field on the Rams' defense. So that, that was a huge call. And then at the end of the game, um, Aaron Donald, there was a play where he was offsides, and it seemed to be the last play of the game, and there was no call on that. So, I mean, throughout this whole year, the officiating has just been awful. Like, there's not one game I could say – the refs didn't blow a call. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about that almost every single week. We've talked about the refs. Uh, Being Browns fans, we talk bad about the refs every week, but watching the NFL in general, uh, the officiating has just gotten horrible, and hopefully they take steps to fix it in the offseason, like retrain the refs. But you mentioned Super Bowl MVP, and yeah, Super Bowl MVP, Cooper Cup. Uh, Eight catches, 92 yards, not one, but two touchdowns in the Super Bowl and the game-winning touchdown. Uh, Both were caught over Eli Apple. Uh, Like you said, really, I mean, Odell only had two catches, 52 yards, touchdown. Can't give him the Super Bowl MVP. Can't give Stafford the Super Bowl MVP because he threw two interceptions. Uh, And really, Cup carried them. Bryson Hopkins, no clue who that is, four catches for 47 yards for the Rams. Uh, Van Jefferson, four catches, 23 yards. And Cam Akers only had 21 rushing yards, which I was pretty shocked about uh, because everybody was hyping up Cam Akers to play good in the Super Bowl. Uh, And it didn't seem like it happened. And then on the other side of the ball, Joe Mixon had the same amount of passing touchdowns as Joe Burrow, the quarterback. And – I mean, Joe Burrow, solid game, 263, one touchdown, zero interceptions. But he got sacked seven times. And 
you can't blame all of those on the Bengals' offensive line. Uh, we'll get into the Bengals' offensive line in a bit, um, but he's sometimes just making sacks for himself. Uh, but then the other thing people were talking about is Joe Mixon probably needed more carries in the Super Bowl, and he wasn't out on the field in a crucial rushing situation. Instead, Samajay P. Ryan was out on the field, and he had two carries for zero yards. And Zach Taylor, head coach of the Bengals, said he screwed up and Mixon should have been on the field. So I don't know if that's really the game changer, but Joe Mixon should have had the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, Mixon came into this year. I mean, no one expected much out of him just because something happens with him, injuries or just declines. But he came in this year and just started popping off game after game. And then as the season went on, it seemed like the touches he was getting, the time he was getting just started going downhill. And that was a major factor in the Super Bowl because you you have talented receivers. You have probably the most talented re- receiving core in the league, but you also have a great running back that you just stopped using, and it didn't make any sense because the passing game wasn't always working. Like you said, Burrow got sacked seven times. That wouldn't have happened if they would have ran the ball more, and they didn't, and that's what killed them. Yeah, and you were talking about Mixon popping off this year. He finished third in rushing yards, uh, 13 touchdowns, and he fumbled the ball once. Uh, I just – I don't know. He had a great season, and then like you said, end of the season, they started relying more on Burrow. And, yes, they might have won games, but they also weren't giving their running back the ball – and honestly, he wasn't being used in the playoffs either. I'm just confused by it. Pretty sure he's confused by it. And he probably thinks if he got the ball, they might have won. It was only a three-point game. Joe Mixon is a good running back. And the Bengals just forgot that they had a good running back on their bench. Yeah, I mean, I think they knew. They have the second-best kicker in the league. So I think what they were going with is keep the game close, so close, that all we need to do is kick a field goal to win it. I think that was on their mind because, in reality, going into that game, there's no way one of them can say positively that they are going to go in and they're going to blow out the Rams just because, I, I mean, they didn't have they didn't have the experience. That's that's most of it. But you relied on your kicker more than your running back, and and your kicker didn't really do anything. So that's that's kind of like the bad thing about this because Mixon has an amazing year, like we both already said, and then right when it comes to the time that you need him the most, you just don't use him. Yeah, and for the numbers part of the podcast, I just want to read this off. Um, so they both had 30 minutes of possession, like literally 30, 47, 29, 13, almost identical uh, time of possession, which is crazy. Um, Penalties. Two penalties for the Rams, 10 yards. Four penalties for the Bengals, 31 yards. Both had six punts. Both had 60 plays. Um, Interceptions. That's where I'm confused because the Rams threw two picks and the Bengals didn't capitalize off of it. The Bengals didn't have any turnovers whatsoever, and they still lost this game by three points. 
that should never happen when you win the turnover battle in football, especially when you win it with two turnovers. Uh, the big thing we talked about already is sacks allowed. Rams gave up two sacks. Bengals gave up seven. Uh, that was basically the deciding factor, and we saw it in the last play of the game uh, where Aaron Donald forced pressure on Burrow to misread uh, the play, and he missed Jamar Chase, he missed T. Higgins, and he threw the ball just to get it out, and it was incomplete. So I think the biggest thing in it was just D-line versus O-line, and we talked about that the week leading up. Everybody in the world talked about O-line versus D-line, and it came true. The D-line just overcame the offensive line. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that right, right coming into this week, what did I say? I said that all the Bengals have to do is get Matthew Stafford into crunch time when he needs to score the most. And that's exactly what they did. But then Cooper Cup started popping off. So that's what killed them. They, they did their job to the best of their ability. But going back to Eli Apple, I think he's getting all the hate for not, not much reason because you look at it, the Bengals never had an amazing secondary. They've never had an amazing defense in the past couple of years. And if you're Eli Apple, the coaches are coming to you. They're saying, I'm putting you on the offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup, the best receiver in the league, in the Super Bowl. This is the most important thing in your life. I'm putting you on him with no help, no double coverage. It's going to just be man-to-man most of the time, and I expect you to stop him. I mean, I'm not saying Eli Apple's good because he's not, but you go into that game, you can't expect a nobody a nobody cornerback to stop the best receiver in the league in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean – yeah, and then it was funny seeing uh, all the Eli Apple talk after the game. Uh, receivers from other teams, cornerbacks, even Lamar Jackson got in on Twitter, and they were just ripping on Eli Apple because he ran his mouth after they luckily beat the Chiefs, and then he gave up not one, but he gave up two touchdowns in the biggest game of his life. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure he tweeted out yesterday or today, he said, all of your guys' hate is just going to motivate me to become great. Uh, no, you were in the biggest game of anybody's career, biggest game in the NFL. You gave up two touchdowns. I would just shut your mouth, turn off Twitter, maybe even delete it, just get off of Twitter because all you're going to see is memes because he was that bad. Yeah, I mean, that that's just typical, though. They just – he gets ahead of himself and he starts talking trash before something even happens. And that's just the biggest mistake you can do, especially – when you're going up against the Rams, you get a lucky win against the Chiefs, talk trash, and then you lose and get you you get you get fooled by everybody because you just look like a clown out there. And then that's just that's just karma for you. Like that's just what's gonna happen. And with the Rams Super Bowl win comes in a very interesting uh Topic of debate that really a lot of people have been talking about um, because Matt Stafford left the Lions and one year with the Rams, he won a Super Bowl. Um, That question that everyone is talking about, is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? And my clear and obvious answer is a no. 
and we'll talk about it. But I just want to hear your opinion, really, on if he's a Hall of Famer. No, he's not. It's it's a simple answer because you look at it, he hasn't done anything, anything, really, to put you in the Hall of Fame leading up to this point. And this Super Bowl win shouldn't even have happened. Like, it, it was kind of a lucky, lucky win, especially since – he started just choking second half of the season with interceptions, and then they shouldn't have beat the Niners. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, he had the most interceptions in the league this year. Yeah, he did. Uh, we talk, We sent a picture to each other earlier this week. He finished with 17 interceptions, most in the league, which uh, actually shocked me because 17 interceptions is not a lot, which means the league really played good with quarterback-wise. Um even everybody craps on Baker. Baker threw 14, which is three less than Stafford, and Stafford won a Super Bowl. Um, but we're not going to get into that. Um, but, yeah, Stafford threw the most interceptions of any quarterback this season. Uh, and then on the other side, Joe Burrow took the most sacks of the season. He, uh, he had 51 in the regular season and 19 in the postseason. Uh, so, like, we are numbers, news, and nonsense, and this is your numbers portion. We'll talk about all the statistics – that come out of games, but going back to the hall of fame talk, I'll just ask you and you just give me a yes or no. Is Nick Foles a hall of famer? No, exactly. So why should a super bowl win dictate a hall of fame? Because it shouldn't, it should not. And there's a, there's more quarterbacks I'm going to ask you about. Um, Joe Flacco. No, <laughs> Exactly. Um, let's see. Oh, well, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think. Here's an interesting one. Eli Manning. I think it's just debatable with him. I don't think you could get too wrong with it, whatever way you go. Yeah, I think a case could be made either way. Uh, I say he's in because two Super Bowls wins, two Super Bowl MVPs, and he beat the undefeated Patriots, stopped them from getting an undefeated season. Uh, and he beat Tom Brady not once, but he beat him twice in the Super Bowl. Uh, so I think Eli Manning is in. And then there's another quarterback who has a better career than uh, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, which is nuts. I don't think Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer, but he has a better career. He has an MVP. He has an Offensive Player of the Year. He has more All-Pros. He has the same amount of Pro Bowls. And he went to the Super Bowl and lost to Tom Brady because 28-3. to Um, And Matt Ryan, I also learned, he's like one of the top 10 quarterbacks with the most wins ever in the NFL, which I found nuts when I read that. Um. But do you, would you say that Matt Stafford is higher all-time than Matt Ryan? No, I think Matt Ryan's higher, but Matt Ryan making the Hall of Fame, the only problem with it is that he he didn't just lose in the Super Bowl. He gave up a huge lead True, yeah. in the Super Bowl, and I think that's what killed his career. Yeah. Because right now he's not doing anything. He's old. He's just kind of here. But that Super Bowl win – and most likely Super Bowl MVP could have just 
opened up a wide open spot for him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to talk about, um, so this is just the first Super Bowl. Um, let's hypothetically say he wins next year, and let's give him the Super Bowl MVP. I know he might not get it, but let's say he gets another Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP. He would have two rings, um, which is on par with Eli Manning, uh, more than Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Drew Brees. Do you think an extra Super Bowl would get him into the Hall of Fame, or would we still be having this conversation one year from now? I think since it's Matt Stafford and since he's in L.A., that chances are he'd make the Hall of Fame if we can win next year and get the MVP. But since he won't win next year and won't get the MVP, it's not going to (laughs) happen. All right, good answer. Uh, So we're going to keep up. Uh, the Super Bowl talk with talking about the Bengals and really their future, because something I want to ask you realistically, where do you see the Bengals finishing next year in the AFC North tough division? Well, here's the thing. The Steelers will, will most likely be last. If they, most likely. Get, if they can get picket in the, in the draft, Maybe they'll be a little better than expectations, but they won't. They won't be in any place besides the last in the division. Now, Lamar comes back. I'm not saying he's good, but Lamar comes back. Justin Tucker saves him even more games. <laughs> the refs have been on their sides multiple times too. They have a solid defense. Maybe Bateman can start doing something more, but. I don't know. The Ravens most likely won't be in first, second, or third. I think it's going to come down to the Browns and the Bengals. Now, the Bengals have to hope for the worst for the Browns right now, obviously. But I think if the Bengals make it to the top of the division, it's because other teams in the division are underperforming. I don't think it's because they're that talented. The Bengals' future, if they wanted to win a Super Bowl, it would have been this year. Since they didn't win this year, they're not winning another one. It's right now with Joe Burrow, like it's not happening. You you finally make it there. You had a lucky run, a crazy lucky run, and then you lose. So you had the chance. The chance is completely gone. You you don't have you don't have enough talent to just go right back. I mean, like I said, they don't have the best defense. Their O line's obviously pathetic. They have. They have weapons on the offense, obviously, but besides that, you don't have the talent to to have another lucky run to the Super Bowl and win. There's just too many teams, too many talented teams, too many talented QBs that are here that can easily stop him. Yeah, and I really liked what you said about um, the Bengals would only finish in first if, like, another team underperformed. That's exactly what happened this year. Um, the Browns – were just complicated. We're Browns fans. We know that. Um, the Ravens got hit like a truck, uh, hit by a truck with the injury bug. Um, and they, Lamar went down for, I think, seven games. And I think they lost seven games or they were like one in six. Uh, so if he doesn't go down, I think they still, they win the division over the Bengals. And then, like you said, if the Steelers somehow rebound, uh, I mean, they had Big Ben at quarterback this year, <laughs> but if they rebound and get 
better quarterback play or something, I think the Bengals could finish third or fourth in the division. And like you said, their window might have been shut, slammed shut by the Rams because you mentioned the young teams in the AFC that are just becoming good. And we're going to talk about that the next topic, uh, but we're staying on this for right now. But the next topic, we're talking about the AFC quarterbacks. And it's not just the quarterbacks. It's the teams in general. They're getting better. And I don't know. I I just can't see the Bengals. I don't even see them making the AFC championship for the next five years maybe because there are other teams that are pretty much solidified uh, to the core and should have made it this year instead of the Bengals. Uh, but one of the questions I think I want to ask you, if you were the Bengals general manager would and you saw you lose this Super Bowl, you saw Joe Burrow get sacked 71 times, 70 times, whatever it was, um, it's, a, it's a lot. Um, would you go back and would you draft Panay Sewell over Jamar Chase? Yeah, I would. And and let me tell you why. You're going into the draft. Your number your number one need is an offensive lineman because you saw the year before Joe Burrow had his leg snapped in pieces because of the offensive line. You look at that, and then you look at the talent they already have. Higgins and Tyler Boyd is a solid enough duo for them right now. They didn't need to go out get another receiver, um, but. They also had Mixon, and this is the thing. Since Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase played together, it, it seems like Joe Burrow had a say in this because out of the blue, no one expected this. I mean, I'm sure no, there's nothing wrong with reuniting two teammates that had a great career in, in college, but when that's not your number one need, it just doesn't make sense because Jamar Chase could have easily been a bust. Because in the preseason, everybody remembers all the drop passes, all all the all the tackles he just would take and get obliterated to the ground. He was never something crazy good until the season started, and that's when they got lucky. Now, like I already said, they are they are in complete trouble because not only do you have to figure out your whole offensive line. You still have to figure out your defense because your defense isn't stopping anything, any of these offenses. But the thing that makes that makes me laugh is people saying if the Bengals would have drafted Sewell over Chase, they would have won that Super Bowl. If if they didn't have Chase, they wouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl. Chances are they wouldn't even have made it to the playoffs. Yeah. Because he was their Pro Bowl receiver. He made Joe Burrow look way better than he actually is. Yeah. And so you mentioned you're going into the draft and your number one overall pick last year destroyed his leg because of the offensive line. Um, And here's another thing. Everybody keeps saying, oh, this was Joe Burrow's rookie year. Joe Burrow played 10 games last year before he got hurt. And I'm sick of people saying, oh, it's his first year. He played 10 games. There's people who have won MVP in the NFL who have played less than 10 games. So I don't even want to hear that BS. Um, the 
offensive line was a significant priority. And like you said, some people were kind of bamboozled by the fact that they took a wide receiver over an offensive lineman. And I remember thinking they're idiots. Um, and like you said, preseason, Jamar Chase looked horrible. He looked like a bust. Um, beginning of the season, pretty decent. Middle of the season, pretty horrible. And then he picked it back up at the end of the season. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, they would not be in the Super Bowl if they drafted Sua. But Joe Burrow wouldn't have been sacked 70 times this season. You had a quarterback who destroyed his leg first year, second year, gets sacked 70 total times, and he hurt his knee in the Super Bowl again. Uh, and it was his other knee. So I just don't see how you prioritize, like, one year of, like, luck and wonder and stats over your quarterback's health for his whole career. If they're not careful, Joe Burrow is going to retire early, at, just like Andrew Luck did with the Colts. The Colts were so focused on everything else but getting him an offensive line. And as soon as he's gone, the offensive line becomes amazing. I could see the Bengals doing the exact same thing, but they should know from precedent that they should protect their quarterback and just spend all their money on offensive line, draft offensive line, uh, trade for offensive line. I don't see how you can't protect your quarterback – because Joe Burrow, is, he's a good quarterback. We'll say that. He's a good quarterback. But if he gets hurt every year or if he gets tackled and destroyed every year, he's not going to last very long in the NFL. The NFL stands for that, not for long. There's not many quarterbacks who can withstand the amount of hits Joe Burrow has already taken in two years and stay in the league. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's common sense at this point. He already had a terrible leg injury that that if you get players retire from right away. It was his rookie year. Obviously, he wasn't going to do that. One more bad injury to the same leg, he's done, and it's not even his it's not even his choice. He's done because he won't have a leg. He'll have robotic leg <laughs> and he can't do much. <laughs> but it's so it's it's just so stupid because they had a they they knew what they were getting into after the year before with a bad offensive line. Yeah, they, I'm sure they had chances to go out and trade for some players. I'm sure they did because everybody's already lo- already always looking to trade players for picks for other players. They definitely had picks to trade, but instead of doing that, they said let's just run it and see how things happen. And then the things that will happen are injuries. And Joe Burrow goes down, and chances are they're going to have to trade for Andy Dalton to be their amazing QB once again. Yeah. Um, another thing happened in the Super Bowl. I forgot to write it down before this. Um, but uh, we're let's take a minute to talk about Odell. And the reason is because I am officially squashing my beef with Odell Beckham Jr. He caught a touchdown. He did what he had to do. Uh, the Rams won. I wanted the Rams to win. I told myself, if Odell makes the Rams win, I will no longer rip on him for anything. I'll still be mad that he did all the stuff he did, but he won a Super Bowl for once. He caught a touchdown. I was so happy. I uh, made a bet that he was going to catch the first touchdown, and it happened. I was actually shocked that he had the touchdown, um, but he – just tore his ACL on the same exact knee that he tore his ACL 16 months ago with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I, 
I don't know if he's going to be able to recover. I honestly don't know if he will play another down in the NFL. The same knee twice, I don't know if that's ever been done because I thought of Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson tore different parts of his knee. He didn't tear the same ligament twice. He tore different parts of his knee. DeMarcus Cousins, different parts of his knee. And they both came back. They're both doing good, but the ACL twice, that is tough. And I don't know the doctor point of view, but that's going to be hard for Odell to come back from. With it's, It was just over a year that he tore his ACL. So I that was rough to see because it was a non-contact injury. Uh, once again, he did it with the Browns. And it's just nasty to see on TV, but I don't know if he's going to play again. Yeah, and here's the thing. He's going to be 30 next season, so he's he's already close to retirement, if anything. But when he if he got injured from contact, maybe he'd have a chance. But he got injured because of a wrong step, and that's yeah. where you're in trouble. Because if you get injured from a wrong step, you know it's twice, bad. Twice in not even two years, you you don't you can't play another snap without it happening again at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's just the mindset, too, your mentality. You're going to go out there, and every down – this is what I think Joe Burrow thinks, too. Um, after a gruesome knee injury, it's in the back of your head. Every time you get tackled, you're scared whether or not uh, your knee is going to break again. And it's scary because you don't know, and you won't know unless it happens again. Like, if he goes and runs – I doubt it's going to be at full speed because it's going to be in the back of his head. I've already torn it twice. I don't want to tear it a third time. If he tears it a third time, he might not even walk again in his life. That's what it comes down to just if you really want to play football again. Yeah, I mean, and then it's kind of like a Baker thing. Baker gets injured on his shoulder. Then there were two big plays this season that he went down hard on it. Yeah. And that could have just taken him out the whole season. Yeah. And that's and now you're talking about a receiver with its legs. Like you're you're expected to run every single play. Yeah. And you can't <laughs> do that anymore. But I mean I mean, speaking of that, speaking of Odell maybe having to retire, let's just talk about the Rams future really quick because Ooh, okay. it's it's in trouble at this point. Let me explain. Aaron Donald said he was considering retirement. He hasn't. He hasn't officially done it yet. There's a chance that he still does it this year. If not, oh, like he next said year. something. He said something today. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Um, he said, "I'm pretty sure he said if they sign, uh, what did he say? If he will one, he wants to be like the top paid defender in the NFL, which he should be. I don't know why he's not already." Um, but he also said, I'm pretty sure, that he will not retire unless they re-sign Von Miller, I think, and Odell. But I don't know if they're going to re-sign Odell based on uh, his injury. But he came out today and said, like, if they re-sign Von, then he's going to run it back. But like you said, maybe he does retire in this offseason. Well, yeah, and, and like you said, the two things that he wants for him to stay – are most likely not going to happen because Odell either enters free agency, goes to another team, or he retires. Von Miller is like 35 years old, maybe even 36. 
He's close to retirement. Matt Stafford's not even young. He's in his 30s. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they'll be 30-some. I mean, I, I they don't have age on their side, and they for sure don't have picks on their side. I don't even think the next two years they have a first-round pick. And also, not even just the players. There's talk Sean McVay might retire soon. Yeah. So they are in crazy trouble. They don't have the brightest future. That's why they needed to win this year because, I, I mean, maybe they have a chance next year only because every other team is just fighting something. Like Tom Brady's done. Um, um, I mean, what other teams? The Saints don't have a QB. I mean, it, it's just crazy. The Bengals won't be back. So they have a chance to win again. But I think next year after it, that's just when people start realizing, man, the Rams' future is gone at this point. Yeah, and uh, the future part, the Rams traded so many picks. Um, they don't have a first next year. They traded that to the Lions. Uh, they don't have a fourth. They don't have a seventh. I, they they just traded all these picks to get all these players in the past couple of years, and – Oh my! Whoa, they—they they have a third round pick next year and a fifth round pick. Uh, wow! That so they have like two or three picks in the next draft, which is crazy. Uh, when you talk about future, you're trying to build up some young guys. You're only going to have a couple picks to try and hit on a good player. So I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Yeah, and I mean, you're you're two young players that are are like your only two good young players are Akers and Van Jefferson. And, and they still haven't seen the field much because of either injuries or third string receiver. But not only are they in trouble because people are retiring, people are retiring. So you can't even trade them away for more picks. True. So yeah. Once they retire, they're going to retire on the Rams and then that's it. And then also not only are people retiring still, but the Rams have so many talented players that want so much money. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if they can have any more money after this year because they have top players in most positions. You have to pay Aaron Donald Bank, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, your top three defenders. That's taking up all the money that the Giants have altogether, to be honest. And then offense, Stafford Cup just showed that he deserves everything. They might bring back Robert Woods. If they bring back Odell, who knows? Even Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson aren't the cheapest. So it, it, they are in trouble. They are in trouble. Yeah. And let's, speaking of future, let's just hop into, I mean, right now, top five AFC quarterbacks. Um, we're going to talk about this. And we have the first three the same. So let's just run it off. Uh, our number one quarterback in the AFC is Josh Allen, and I think that's a given. Um, he is the most talented, and he, I think I think he should have been in the Super Bowl this year. I think he should have won a Super Bowl this year. I really think the overtime just – that was horrible. Uh, Allen was rolling uh, best quarterback in the playoffs by far. Oh, yeah, easily. That, that just says for yourself, you can't say any other QB – especially in the AFC, is better than Josh Allen, even Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes is overrated. So, obviously, Allen is number one. 
Number two is Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Patrick Mahomes, you we just got to throw him in there just because we can't not have him in there. But I'm telling you, if he didn't make that huge mistake against the Bengals, giving the Bengals the win, the huge two mistakes actually in crunch time, then he'd probably be over Allen right now. But yeah, I think since, yeah, since he's he he was a disgrace those last two plays, gave the Bengals a Super Bowl chance. If not, the the Chiefs would have been in it. Chances are the Chiefs would have won, especially with the refs. But he, he messed up so bad that he's just not crazy high in my eyes right now. He has to come back next year and prove himself, which I highly doubt he will because I don't see him winning another Super Bowl next year. And touching base on their future really quick, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill aren't the youngest either, and Patrick Mahomes is nothing without them. Yeah, true. I That's one of my beliefs. Uh, I want to see Mahomes without those two because those two just put on shows when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and we've seen other quarterbacks do it without their receivers, like Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I want to see if Mahomes can do it without his receivers. Um, but yeah, you said if he won the, if I think if he would have gotten the Super Bowl uh, and won it, I think we'd have him over Josh Allen right now. Um, but when they played head to head, it was pretty equal. Uh, it's just Josh Allen played amazing the other games. Uh, but there's also a young quarterback in the AFC West right on Mahomes' heels. And you could say that he played a better regular season than Mahomes this year. And that guy is Jay Herbo, Justin Herbert. Uh, just amazing. He is a good quarterback, and it's only his second year. Just like Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert could be that guy in the next couple of years to do what uh, Allen and Mahomes are doing right now. Uh, and he already is because the stats are there. It's just the rest of the team sucks and the coaching sucks. And they could have made the playoffs this year, but they didn't. And I think they would have been a dark horse in the playoffs too because Herbert is the real deal. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's top three right now, but next year he might he might not be. And let me tell you why. Mike Williams might not be coming back. True. Keenan Allen's not getting any younger. And then Austin Eckler isn't getting the touches that he deserves for being a top running back in the league. Yeah. Uh, right after Herbert, uh, this is where we, we said the top three were the same. But this is where we go apart. Uh, is the four spot and the five spot. Um, my four spot, the AFC West is just loaded. Um, we, It is kind of a weak class after those three. Um, but Derek Carr, I think, in my opinion, is the fourth best quarterback um, based on just what I've seen, uh, especially, especially if he gets Devontae Adams next year, like we talked about last week with Jake. Um, I think he's talented. It's just the only thing I have on him is turnovers, fumbles. He's like, he fumbles so much. He makes stupid mistakes. Um, they should have beaten the Bengals in the first round. Um, if they did, 
then he would be solidified as the number four quarterback in the AFC West, uh, or number four in the AFC in general. But he didn't. So this is where it gets wishy-washy because I know you have a different person, but you also have Carr floating around there too. Yeah, I mean, number four, I got Joe Burrow, and that that just explains himself. Even though it was a lucky run, it's Joe Burrow. I'm not saying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not. Most of it's because of Jamar Chase, like I already said. He has a crazy talented receiving core with Chase, um, Boyd, and Higgins. Crazy talented. I mean, any any team would love those three receivers that's their top three receivers, with one being a Pro Bowl and one still being young. So that that speaks for itself. They make him look good. So obviously he has to be number four. Number five, for me, I'm gonna it, it's right now it's Derek Carr. But it could easily go back to being Baker Mayfield, depending on how he is this season, this upcoming season. And I'm hoping it will be Baker Mayfield. But right now, it's Derek Carr just because he got his team to the playoffs. And, I mean, he eh, he's okay. He's okay. He's nothing special, obviously, but he's okay. Yeah. And my five spot is – honestly, I'm just going to throw it in there. It's the AFC North quarterbacks. It's Lamar, Burrow, Baker. Throw them any way you want. If Baker comes back, plays how he did in 2020, um, no injury, it's going to be Lamar Burrow Baker any way you want it. Um, Lamar already has an MVP. Like I said, they go down without uh, Lamar the last couple games of the season. They lose all of those games. Burrow, like we keep saying, good quarterback. We don't like him because he's in our division, but he's a good quarterback. Uh I want to see him next year. Um, if they bulk up that offensive line, he could jump as far as two in the AFC quarterbacks. Um, but overall, I, I'm just really not impressed. Uh, I've said it for weeks now. He really hasn't been playing the greatest. Uh, I said the quarterback ratings in the playoffs were pretty crappy. Uh, he made some mistakes, almost lost them games. And I, I don't know. It's just, the health is there. It's whether or not he can stay healthy. And then Baker, we're polling for Baker to make the top five list next year. We need him to be on the top five list next year or else he's not going to be on the team. Uh, how high up can he go? I think he can go four or five in the AFC. Uh, I can't see him passing Herbert Mahomes or Allen. But all we need is for him to be the fourth best quarterback in the AFC and we will be a playoff team. That's all we need. Yeah, that's it. Nothing nothing else to be set, really. And that's the AFC. Next up is NFC. And this one's interesting because one of these guys on our list might not even be in the league next year. Um, firing off, number one, obviously Aaron Rodgers. Obviously Aaron Rodgers. But is he even going to be in the league? Is he going to retire? Is he going to go to the AFC? If he goes to the AFC, he's easily one or two in the AFC. I mean, right? Like, I I think, which would be crazy because the AFC West would then have Mahomes, Herbert, Carr, and Rodgers, which that's just crazy. AFC West games would be must-see. They would put all of them on TV. Um, But, yeah, Rodgers is number one in the NFC right now. 
And then we also have Stafford at number two. And I think Stafford's at number two just because he puts up stats. Uh, he kind of played wishy-washy down the stretch. Um, they almost kind of didn't make the playoffs at one point. Um, but Stafford, I think he would drop by next year. I don't think he's going to be a top two in the NFC. And then our third guy, we're same thing. We have three straight guys from the AFC, three straight guys from the NFC. Uh, Dak Prescott played pretty good, pretty amazing for a guy coming off of a horrible injury. We talked about, uh, I mean, what, uh, Joe Burrow won comeback player of the year, but come on, Dak Prescott, he, his ankle literally like exploded and he came back and he was in MVP talks for most of the year, got the Cowboys to the playoffs. Um, and it really wasn't Dak's fault that they lost entirely, but, uh, I think he's going to be probably two or three next year. But now four is where we go our separate ways again. So give me your four and five, and let's just hear it. Yeah, number four, I'm going to go Kyler Murray, and it's interesting because I don't know what the heck he's doing. He's acting like a Ben Simmons at this point because who knows what is going on. I don't know what's going on. I don't think any of them know what's going on. It's just kind of getting crazy at the point where nobody knows what's going on because he's talented. Don't get me wrong. He's not amazing like his other QBs, but he's talented. He has the talent around him. The Cardinals have a pretty great team, and they still can't do anything. So that's why he's number four. He's not. He's nothing any higher because he doesn't deserve it, at least not yet. He hasn't proven himself. But number four is a good spot for him. Number five, Russell Wilson, only because I couldn't think of anyone else good. I looked at every team. I looked at other, every other QB and Russell Wilson just because of his experience pretty much. That kind of just sealed the deal for me at number five for him. Yeah, my number four um, is Russell Wilson. Like you said, uh, he kind of is just there because he's been one of the top NFC quarterbacks. Um, I expect him to stay in Seattle. Uh, they need to beef up their offensive line and really just figure out what to do with DK because DK should be one of the best receivers in the league, and he's not because of whatever they're doing with him. Uh, and then Cousins is my fifth. And Cousins had a great year statistically, but when you go and look at the games, he's beating up on crappy teams, and he's playing like crap against good teams. Uh, he also seems to choke, and he's not very clutch. Um, I don't think he's going to be on this top five NFC quarterbacks by next year. Um, but my honorable mention quarterback for this NFC list, it's Jared Goff. Um, the Lions need to stick with Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a good quarterback. In case people forgot, Jared Goff did the exact same thing that Matt Stafford just did, except he didn't win. Um, Matt Stafford got all this praise for winning the Super Bowl and just basically being the uh, Rams quarterback this season. But Jared Goff had some pretty similar stats, and he got blamed for a lot of crap that went down um, with the Rams. And he also lost to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Um, Matt Stafford, 
beat Joe Burrow, um, second-year quarterback. I think it's a lot easier to beat Joe Burrow than it is uh, Tom Brady. Um, but Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, and then whatever they do with their other draft picks, uh, I think the Lions could be a formidable team. And honestly, I see them maybe second in the NFC North next year. It it really just depends on how golf plays. And I think golf is going to play pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate him. I think he's he's good enough. But here's the thing. He – it was like four years, three years ago, and he's 27 now. So he took them to the Super Bowl at such a young age. Then the next year, he had a thumb injury. That's why he underperformed. Then they're like, we're trading him. He also didn't have Von Miller to help that defense. He didn't have as good of a defense in yeah. the Super Bowl. He was also going against the Patriots defense. So that was something tough, especially at a young age. But I definitely see where you're going. Like, if we said the Lions could be number two in their division. I would have laughed at the beginning of the season. I would have probably made fun of you a lot. A lot. But the Vikings, Kirk Cousins will take a step down. Who knows if Rodgers stays in Green Bay. They can drop. And then Chicago, they don't have Nagy anymore, but who knows how their situation is going to be now. Now, here's the other thing. The Lions have a chance to become way more talented than you think because you said it yourself, their top four offensive players are, are good. Like you look at it, you're like, Oh man, that's actually pretty good. And they're young. Yeah. Goff, Swift, Hawkinson, St. Brown. I don't hate that. And now they have, they have a couple high picks in the draft that they have no reason to waste one of those picks on a QB. No reason whatsoever. So if they do, I'll be very disappointed in them because they can spend it on another weapon. They could beef up that offensive line. They could spend it on the defense. But everybody's mock draft so far has them taking a QB late in the first round, and that's that's where I'm I'm just lost because they don't need to do that. You have a QB that was in the Super Bowl. You have a 27-year-old QB. Now you want to risk a high pick for someone – that you don't even know what they can do, that you want to throw into a whole new situation, instead of getting, like, another receiver, like I said, to stick along with St. Brown, instead of getting a tackle or a guard or something, if they go for a QB, then they are they won't be second in their division. Most likely they'll be last just because they are dumb and don't have common sense. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because, yeah, uh, they have the – what uh, – do they have they have the second pick in the draft, right? I yeah, think. I believe so behind the Jags. Yeah, they have second and thirty second. And I just like you said, a lot of people are saying that they're gonna take a quarterback with that thirty second pick. Why not take an offensive lineman or why not take a wide receiver? Because there are a lot of good wide receivers in this draft. Uh they don't even have to wait too. They could trade up and try and take a really good wide receiver in like the mid teens. Uh, they don't even have to wait till 32. They could trade up. Uh, I don't see why they would draft a quarterback. Maybe draft a quarterback later, not first or second round, I, or not even at all maybe. You have a quarterback. And even the backup quarterback, uh, I forget his name, but he played pretty decent when he played. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Lions QBs. It was 
Oh, I can't think of it now. <laughs> um, who was it? 2020. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name either, though. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle played right. uh, three games this year because golf got hurt. Uh, and Tim Boyle, I want to see his stats real quick. Um, uh, well, he played really bad against the Browns, but played pretty decent against the Seahawks and decent against the Falcons. Uh, good. I mean, he's a young quarterback too, I guess. Uh, he's only 27. So you have two 27-year-old quarterbacks. Um, I think you don't need to draft a quarterback at all. Yeah, I mean, not even not even like in the seventh round or anything. There's just no reason to because if any QB goes down on any team, then you just know that it's pretty much over. Like, that's how it is. So if golf goes down, that's just how it is. Like, don't hope that you have a backup QB that's young that can come in and just start popping off. Don't even don't even hope for that. But if you have picks, then get the old line. Give Goff some time because Goff did solid with a battle line this year. Give him some time because he has weapons. Get him another receiver because now that St. Brown's been popping off, teams know who to cover St. Brown. Just give him, give him another receiver. Give him another offensive lineman. And then like that, that's just how rebuilds go. Then the next year you have to worry about the defense. That's how it goes for a solid rebuild. And they can easily have a solid rebuild if they have some common sense. Yeah. So – that wraps up our top five quarterbacks in each conference. Um, we're going to touch on two things, two uh, like prediction award things. So if you're a weekly listener, you know that we give out weekly awards every week. And after the Super Bowl, we calculated and counted up who won the most weeks or who was the overall like winner. Um, so starting off, Offensive Player of the Year, it's Cooper Cup. And funny thing, he was the Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL. So it was pretty telling that he won our Offensive Player of the Year because he was good. I think I had him, I counted, uh, he was good five weeks. He won an award for Offensive Player uh, from us at Numbers News and Nonsense. So I think that right there, Cooper Cup, uh, it's possible, like you said, uh, he could win our Offensive Player of the Year again next year or even MVP if he keeps up what he does. Yeah, and I mean, don't forget that I'm the one that called him being the average go-to guy and him popping off. Don't forget that because I was Houdini. Remember that. Well, but, Woods also got hurt, didn't he, right, I think? Right, but even yeah. before that, Woods was fully healthy and he had one good game because Cup just got the ball every single play. True. Uh, but then our defensive player of the year was pretty shocking but also not shocking. Uh, our defensive player of the year was Micah Parsons. And as a rookie, he won our defensive player of the year. Now, it'll be funny to see, like, the results of next year's uh, awards because Micah Parsons could maybe win the real defensive player of the year next year. Um, he, I think he got one vote total for defensive player of the year because, obviously, they're going to give it to T.J. Watt um, because he broke the record. Uh, but Micah Parsons was right on his tail in a lot of defensive stats, and I think that just means Micah Parsons is going to be a pretty good player for the rest of his career. Yeah, and Parsons didn't have Cam Hayward to blow up 
off offensive linemen every single play. So you also look at it like that. Parsons had a terrible defense around him. Well, Watt had a solid defense around him. Yeah. And our next award is – it's a pretty funny award. It was our team of the week. Um, but wrapping up at the end of the year, it's the team of the year. And it's funny because statistically, when you count it out, we had three teams finish with the same amount of team of the weeks. And those three teams were the Bills, the Browns, and the 49ers. Now, that's funny um, because the Bills ended up losing to the Chiefs, 49ers ended up losing to the Rams, and then the Browns didn't even make the Super Bowl. And it's crazy because – when we look at it, the Browns won week seven, week nine, and week one. Um, so it really tells how we fell off in the last part of the season. And really, we just can't afford to fall off again. We need to stay strong and stay consistent throughout the entire season. Yeah, yeah. So obviously the Bills – were the real team of the year, if you think about it. Yeah. But those three teams, just kind of a surprise, especially with the Browns. But then again, we're Browns fans, so obviously we're going to say them. (laughs) Yeah. The next award was Underrated Player of the Week. And this was a nice little award that we just kind of threw in. Um, But we have two Underrated Players of the Year. And Elijah Mitchell, running back for the 49ers, and Cordero Patterson, running back for the Falcons Uh, and note, I say running back instead of wide receiver because he popped off at running back this year. And I don't know what he's going to do next. I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know what position he's going to play, but he's basically the older version of Debo Samuel. Yeah. I mean, he's not expected to stay with the Falcons because why would he even want to, to begin with, but he can really go to any other team and just help that offense because he's like 31 will be next year. And I think he'll yeah. definitely be the vet for the offense. He can definitely help, especially after this crazy good year from a nobody. Nobody knew his name before the season. And then after the season, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Cordell Patterson, what a goat. Yeah, he was mostly only known for his uh, special teams play, really. Yeah. And then they just bring him in as running back receiver and man things just work out great yeah wow um actually statistically looking at it um he played he started 13 games this season uh he's the highest amount of games he started ever was eight um he had let's see receiving yards he had 550 receiving yards 600 rushing yards six rushing touchdowns and five receiving touchdowns that's a career high in every stat I just listed. He previously only had four receiving touchdowns his rookie year uh, and three rushing touchdowns his rookie year. So he doubled his rushing, and he's – how many years is he – yeah, he's – eight years later, he doubles his rushing touchdowns and pretty much triples his career in rushing yards. And the same thing with receiving, doubles. It's just nuts how he resurged this year on the crappy team like the Falcons. Yeah, I expect him to be a higher free agent this year. And whatever team he's go, he goes to, he's definitely going to help out big time. Yeah, I think a lot of teams should be eyeing him 
uh, for their like Swiss Army knife player. Like I said, like Debo. Uh, it's just he's older, so you got to worry about that. But he's literally Debo, but older. Now let's go to rookie of the year. Our top three. These are obvious. Mac Jones, Jamar Chase, and Parsons. That's that's just obvious. Now, in my eyes, Mac Jones came in and had the best year out of these three, only because he was taken so late in the first round, and nobody believed in him, and then he comes in, and he starts popping off. Now, that most of that goes because of Bill Belichick. I think without Belichick, he's a Johnny Menzel, and he's just gone. But since he had him this year, he popped off. Jamar speaks for himself. Parson obviously speaks for himself. I mean, he, second in voting for defensive player there as a rookie. Man, that is just amazing. Yeah, um, and another guy who could have been up here, uh, he just missed by one uh, award. Um, Justin Fields, uh, who we really haven't talked about in a while, um, but it really just depends on what the Bears do with him. And, I, I mean, they're even talking about bringing in a different quarterback, which is nuts because he didn't even play a lot of games. Uh, he really wasn't handed the keys to the offense. But Justin Fields could have been up here alongside Jones, Chase, and Parsons. Uh, but I think Parsons was the best rookie. Um, just an animal on defense. And like I said, pretty close numbers with the defensive player of the year, TJ Watt. Uh, so we'll see what these three guys do in the future. Uh, definitely bright futures ahead for most of them. Uh I mean, really, there were a ton of good rookies this year because when you think about it, Amon Ross St. Brown played pretty good. We talk about him a lot. Jalen Waddle played pretty good. And then you still have the other quarterbacks, Wilson, Mills, Lawrence. And really, you got to just let them grow because they all played pretty crappy or less than decent. Uh, I think just the future is brighter than last season. Oh, yeah, easily, easily. And our final award compilation uh, was the Disappointing Player of the Year. And we finished with three guys <clears throat> who all could be the defensive play, uh, player or uh, the Disappointing Player of the Year. Um, definitely not defensive, uh, although they do help the defense a lot. Um, Tannehill, Jimmy G, Jalen Hurts, all three – Mm, pretty middle-pack quarterbacks. Um, Tannehill lost the Titans the playoff game. Jimmy G lost the 49ers the playoff game. Jalen Hurts, good God, uh, just horrible. <laughs> uh, there's really nothing to say about those guys unless you want to trash talk them too. I still believe in Jalen Hurts. I think Trevor Lawrence deserves disappointing player they are over him. But Tannehill – Last year had a pretty solid year, and then this year comes in and turns out he's Deshaun Kaiser, and that's embarrassing. Yeah. Jimmy G speaks for himself. I don't know why people still think he's good. He had Debo. Debo made him look good the same exact way that Cooper Cup made Stafford look good. So they were just in that situation where you have such a talented receiver where any QB could look good with him. 
and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and like I said, we had our weekly awards, but we also had preseason predictions um, from earlier this season, and I'm just going to go over a couple of them. Uh, starting off, obviously, with our with our Super Bowl picks, um, I had the Browns and the Bucks. Um, Browns didn't even make the playoffs. Bucks didn't even make the Super Bowl. Um, you, on the other hand, had Browns Rams, uh, which is pretty much what a lot of people thought Rams would come out. Um, but once again, Browns didn't make the playoffs, and uh, I'm pretty sure you said Browns won that Super Bowl. But uh, you got one of the two teams. Now that's pretty impressive. Well, I know. I figured I would because I'm so intelligent. <laughs> and, I mean, <laughs> I'm not even surprised that you didn't get one right because most of the time some of the stuff you say just oh, yeah, amazes most me. <laughs> most of the time. But, I mean, I'm just not surprised. I'm, yeah. And now imagine next year when I start trying, I'll get everything right. Oh, And yeah. I'll be the most intelligent person. You're right. Definitely. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know. And then moving to MVP, uh, I had Rodgers, Allen, Stafford. You had Allen, Dak, and Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers ended up winning, um, so we both get a point there. Um, Allen, great. Stafford, nah, he fell off for me. Um, and then Dak fell off for you. But for us to get Allen and Rodgers, those were – good quarterbacks and they played exactly how we thought they would play in the preseason. They played amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once again, my intelligence <laughs> is just, we had the same two through the roof don't, don't all the way too, to the sky, past the sky, don't get too outer space, yourself. maybe to another solar system, just because don't my get too intelligence is just too much to handle on this planet. And then offensive rookie of the year, um, Jones, Fields, and Trevor Lawrence for me. You had Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence. Um, we both picked quarterbacks, and <laughs> none of them won. Uh, but I can't believe we we actually thought Trevor Lawrence had a chance at yeah. I know. Here, <laughs> I think I don't even know what we were thinking to be honest. Maybe like. Yeah. No, nah, actually, there's no excuses. Like, there's that's no excuse. That, that was horrible. Yeah. And then on the other side of the ball, defensive rookie of the year, um, I had Parsons, Patrick Sertain, JOK. You had Parsons, Sertain, Newsom. And as we said, the rookies this year, uh, I the defensive rookies were pretty impressive. Uh, Sertain, amazing. Parsons, amazing. JOK, amazing when he played. Newsom, one of the best corners in the league statistically somehow. I didn't even realize, but he was one of the best coverage corners, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, once again, that just goes to show how smart I am. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just so intelligent. So, you know, it's just another day. But then we go to our midseason award picks. And that's where we kind of all, well, yeah, we kind of all fell apart. Um, MVP, I had Brady. You had Prescott. Brady finished second. I don't know what Prescott finished. Uh, offensive player of the year, we both had Cup. He ended up winning. Uh, defensive player of the year, we both had Garrett. He ended up coming in 
third, I think, or maybe I believe fourth. fourth. I think that fourth. Yeah, they threw Trayvon Diggs in front of him for absolutely Ooh, no reason. Oh my god! And then offensive rookie of the year midseason. We both had Mac Jones, but then he played pretty bad for the next half of the season. Uh, and then defensive rookie of the year, Michael Parsons. He won. We both had him. Uh, comeback player of the year. We both had Prescott. I can't believe they gave it to Joe Burrow. Um, but then I won the coach of the year over you. And I specifically remember you saying that we would come back to this and that Bill Belichick would be coach of the year. And I had Mike Vrabel. So I get the laugh, laugh. Ha. Uh, he won. Um, but he also choked in the playoffs. So he really, he won coach of the year, but he's going to remembered. He's going to be remembered for losing to the Bengals in the same year that he won Coach of the Year. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it should have been Belichick. <laughs> no, but, I mean, so they, they got blown Common out. sense. Got blown Common out sense. I was right. They got blown out. And you round. must have paid the NFL or something. Oh yeah, I'm pick. so rich that I. Paid yeah, the I'm NFL. telling you this. That's what I'm thinking because. There is no way that you can guess something right over me. Oh, you're right. You're right. There's just no way. But this is this is way too early to be doing this. But we have our super, super way too early predictions for next season. Uh, fire these off. Super Bowl. I have Bills 49ers. Trey Lance, uh, I think, is better than Jimmy G, hopefully. And their defense is good. Offense is good. Trey Lance may take them to the Super Bowl, but the Bills are winning next year. I I seriously would like – I don't have any money, but I would bet all the money in the world that the Bills win next year unless they get screwed again. Well, yeah, I mean, seven and a half months just can't be that early. But <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl, it's obviously going to be Bills and Packers. And I'm telling you, the Bills will win it. Like, it's just kind of obvious – at this point, are you so, saying the Packers uh, make the Super Bowl with Jordan Love? <laughs> God, <laughs> oh my God! No, 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 no! They're making it with the Aaron Rodgers, Drew Locke. Yeah, I Drew, Drew Locke, Locke is the goat. I understand? I yeah, I understand. <laughs> MVP next year. Oh, but Aaron Rodgers gives it one more year. True, but if he doesn't. Then yeah, I I guess Drew Locke will get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing he'll make the Super Bowl just because he's so talented. True. <laughs> and then our MVPs. Uh, I have a clear MVP, and then I have a just random shot MVP. Uh, I'll give out the random shot MVP first. Uh, there were talks that Deshaun Watson. Uh, wanted to be traded to the Buccaneers to fill Tom Brady's spot. Uh, Watson was already a top-five quarterback with the crappiest team in the world, uh, the Houston Texans. Uh, I think if the Bucs get him, uh, they may be more pressured to re-sign Godwin. Um, and I think Watson could win MVP with the Bucs. But my clear-cut MVP, just like our clear-cut uh, Super Bowl, is Josh Allen. Like, I, he's just the best quarterback in the game right now, I think. Like, I 
I think he's the number one quarterback in the NFL. Well, we were talking about True Lock, I know. Oh, and yeah. when it comes it keeps to best QB, my mind. when it comes to best QB, I don't know if we can say Allen's better than Drew Lock. But you know what? You say what you need to say. Yeah. Now let me tell you who the real MVP is, Josh Allen. <laughs> but if Rogers stays in Green Bay, runs it back with Devontae Adams, he's Ooh. winning it again. You're saying a three peat for MVP? No, I'm not saying a three peat. I'm saying a four peat. Oh, give him the next <laughs> two years. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, yeah but I'm I, telling you, my, I, I'm telling you, I can just see into the future and I see it happening. I mean, that would be pretty interesting uh, to win three straight MVPs. I don't think that's ever been done. Um, well, but, not yet. Not yet. Oh, you could future. It's gonna happen. Yeah, and then right after that, it's going three P for Drew Locke. Oh, I would love it. Please, I'm telling you, I'm Drew telling Locke. So Drew Locke ends up being the goat, right? Well, who else? Who else? I can't uh, think of one better player. Maybe Nick Mullins. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Now, now we've got <laughs> an argument. <laughs> but I guess this sends us into the off season and. This is pretty sad because we just went through – we flew through the NFL season. Uh, it was a pretty good NFL season. I think it ended pretty nice other than the Bills losing. I think everybody wanted the Bills. Um, but the Chiefs didn't win. Bengals didn't win. Uh, Brady retired and lost. Uh, Ryan is probably really happy about that. Yes, I am. Um, but, yeah. I'm excited to see what happens in the next weeks with free agency, the draft, trades, uh, summer. I mean, possibilities are endless. What'd you say? Seven months we have till well, seven start? and a half. Seven, seven and a half. That's gonna be a long time. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good thing we might not have baseball. <laughs> so, oh, that that would be horrible. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe one day we'll talk a little bit on baseball and how messed up. All of it is right now, yeah. but I don't want to go a full season without some good old baseball. Yeah, and just keep listening weekly because even though it's the off season, we're still going to be pumping out podcasts weekly. We'll talk about rumors. We'll talk about trades, free agent signings. Uh, once free agency hits, that'll be a huge topic to talk about because we can decide in our heads whether or not it was a good signing and – there's going to be some hot free agents on the market. Uh, so just keep an eye out and stay listening to Numbers, News, and Nonsense. Yeah, and get ready for the extremely special guest we have next week. Get ready for it. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. Oh, okay. But let me know when you find out who it is because I don't even know who it is. <laughs> but that'll do it. That'll do it. We will... Talk to you next time on Numbers, News, and Nonsense.